Welcome back to the After Hours Adventures podcast. I'm your eternal dungeon master, Jonathan Eugene Yan. Welcome to episode 22. And as mentioned last time or the time before by one of our players, if you're here, you're fam. No, you know who the fuck we are. So let's not introduce our players, but rather introduce our characters once more. First up, we have standing at an ever-changing six feet flat, made of shell and salt, both of sea and of soul. We've got Tucker Shelby, pockets currently filled with more money than his fellow grub money grubbers many times over. Trust me, I can see his character sheet. Undamaged at his maximum HP of 34 HP out of 34. Mr. Shelby, I've got to ask, what are you feeling in this moment, sir? Rich. Oh. <laughs> I didn't even get close on my first try. <laughs> Hold on. Rich. Wonderful. Next up, we've got the delightfully bouncy member of the trio. She probably has had more sugar this morning than I have had in the last 15 years combined. It's Davina Good. Speaking of sugar, our small ball of happiness turned anxiety has her DM out with a restraining order against crying scenes with little children after what she pulled last time. Miss Good, we've got to ask, what are you feeling in this moment? I, I feel like... I'm using my sweets as a way to cope with my feelings. Absolutely smashing. And lastly, we've got voted most obtuse member of the money grubbing trio three years running. She's got more siblings than Tucker's got dark corners to hide in. It's Terra Battlecry. Miss Battlecry, the people want to know, what are you feeling in this moment? Feeling like running from my problems is better than therapy. But Let's get started! <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't run from ghosts and spectral creatures, because they can go through walls. But, with all that out of the way, let's hop into this recap. Now, this is going to be a bit of a longer one, folks, because last time we did a lot of shit. Last time, Davina had a private conversation with Ivan the gnome questioning her with a tiger's eye amulet. The amulet proved to be some sort of magic as she felt her soul shift and her consciousness be thrown to the back as this other Davina engaged in conversation with Ivan and her steed. Stead, fuck, goddammit, I made this like Stead, Stead, not fucking steed. He's not a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Moving in on. In her all steed? Three, God, <laughs> shut the fuck up. In All it? three members... All, God fucking damn All three members of the party had horrific dreams of death and disaster, gaining a level of exhaustion in the process. Only Tara was able to fight off the effect of the nightmare, waking up briefly to see a small girl, presumably her younger sister, Elevenin. However, when Tara tried to see Elevenin's obscured face, she realized that this was not, in fact, her sister, and the faceless figure disappeared in the blink of an eye. The next morning, Tucker and Davina both were going through their own difficult experiences, though Tucker was more so having a small fight with a potential romantic interest, while Davina was having an, ex uh, an existential crisis about her identity. Tara brought the group back together, and Tucker regrettably left the group's pissed-off pooch with Osley, though not before Tucker got in a snide comment before leaving. The group then proceeded to the Renaissance Embassy, having the previously mentioned exhaustion removed from their bodies, before Tucker and Tara received an inspiration point to match Davina's. As a reminder, all three members currently have an inspiration point to have one reroll on a d20. Through help from an ascended Asimar, they were able to deduce that what had been giving them nightmares was likely a type of fiend, a nightmare hag. Before the group met with Lunith, the cheerful wood elf cleric that had been doing the exorcism with that would be doing the exorcism with the group. The group proceeded to the Callowick graveyard, and after eight hours of naps, sharpening blades, and home aloneing the premises, 
the exorcism ritual hit its final moments just as a howling noise erupted from the cursed urn and fleshless, bony hands clawed their way out of nearby graves as our adventurers stood surrounding the gazebo. I forgot how toxic I was last episode until you just mentioned extremely. it right now. You were extremely. You were not having it. You were trying to have a business yeah. arrangement with a dude who was like, "I love you." I, Again, I, I do not think that, that, that this is as extreme, romantic as you guys view it. Not everything has to be transactional, Tucker. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. All right, but that is where we are now. Burn aside. I hope you guys are ready because it's time to get crunchy with numbers. We haven't done this for a while, but here is the results of your guys' eight hours of tomfoolery and naps. So you guys put salt and water on the entrances due to uh, myths and legend that both your players, uh, both your characters and yourselves know about spectral creatures and crossing bridges and stuff like that. And the salt and water over the entrances will make it so that creatures that are passing over them that are of a spectral variety, so ghosts or banshees, will need to make a wisdom saving throw to pass over properly. Skeletons, however, will not be affected. Dynamite. On each path prepared to be lit, it will be a bonus action for Tucker to light it, and you can do so from up to 15 feet away by dagger or directly next to it. You essentially have to hit the AC of the the dynamite, which I will tell you right now is not terribly high, but if you roll like shit, you're probably not going to hit it. But you can do that as a bonus action. Mm -hmm. There's two dynamite on the box itself. We have the same mechanics for that, where it's a bonus action to light. However, that one is two dynamite instead of one. There's a hand crossbow set up to shoot the dynamite on the box. It takes a bonus action to cause the uh, the hand crossbow to shoot, and it's been placed 30 feet out. There is an alarm spell on the gazebo casted by, I believe, Davina. Mm-hmm. And essentially, if uh, you guys already are going to be able to see a, a spectral creature if it tries to appear. However, if some like if a spectral creature tries to discreetly appear and stay hidden, it will still alert you that the creature is there. It won't be basically it won't be able to like sneak up on you guys. Okay. There is difficult terrain at all the entrances, which has been set up to be easily pulled by Tucker. And I will say only Tucker can really easily remove it. They are bushes, and they can be removed with a bonus action. Enemies suffer half speed going through them, and it creates the same cover as the vine fence, which is, I believe, partial cover, increasing your AC. Lastly, there is 10 torches that have been set up. Each of them gives 20 feet of bright and 20 feet of dim light. I will say with Tucker's knowledge of the terrain, you have set it up to where even though it is nighttime, you guys effectively have full vision. I have a question. How do you kill the undead? Delete the U and the N. So I just take off, if I take off a head, that'll have the same effect. I won't have a body chasing me. That's what you're telling me? No, 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 no. Okay, just checking. I I realize now what you meant. That is a really, really funny image of Tara fleeing as there's a, no, that's not how that works, but that would be very funny. All right, but anyways, at the start of the encounter, Luneth is still working on the cursed urn, and you see she kind of starts to visibly panic as she does notice these skeletal creatures appearing in the distance. She turns to you guys, panic in her eyes, and goes, Can, I, I need to keep working on this. Can you guys just... Um, I just need a little bit of time to finish the ritual. Can you guys please just uh, watch... Wa- uh, keep them from getting to me? If I yell pineapples... You need to get away from the center. Ah, gotcha. So like a safe word? Okay, cool. 
at the start of the encounter, even before we roll for initiative, which we will do right after, I need to roll some dice to show you guys exactly how many of these skeleton guys appear. It is also worth noting, each of you is not inside of the actual gazebo currently. You guys are standing around the perimeter, I believe, which means that you guys do need to go through the bushes to get inside. However, I will say you guys are within five feet of getting into the gazebo. Ooh, I'm so sorry, guys. I rolled high on every single one of those D4s. Oh. Mm. Was that three D4s? Yeah, so I rolled three D4, and I got a three, a three, and a four. So you guys see ten skeletons climbing their way out of possibly maybe too shallow of graves, to be honest. Um, they are still in the process of clawing their way out. They're even helping each other, as a matter of fact, using footholds almost. But with that, let's roll initiative. Four. With the modifier. I got a five. I got a nine. Damn, we suck. Uh, okay. <laughs> not we amazing not rolls. Um, let me we go ahead and. Skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, effectively, effectively. <laughs> we we've been waiting around so long that we're tired and we weren't ready. <laughs> yeah. You know, you would think that the ominous howling sounds would make you guys be ready, but I guess not. Is there a piece of dynamite that a lot of skeletons happen to be near right now? <sighs> I'll say I'll roll three d4s to show how many are clustered together that you'll be able to get with a dynamite explosion. The logic being that they are kind of congregating from like a specific area, so yeah. Or actually, hold up, I have a better idea. Because there's there's a total of 10, right? So I'll roll a d12, and the idea is, is that if it's a really shitty roll, then they're coming from a different direction, because 3d4 is a little bit too consistently high compared to a d12. So, Or does actually does anyone else want to roll a d12, since this is a positive thing for you guys? I'll roll it. Oh, Eric will roll it. He got the best luck, didn't he? We want a low number, uh, right? I should be good at that. No, no, no. You guys want a high number. Oh, because that means else. that's that many skeletons that are Who bunched. got the 9? You shall better roll. Okay. Oh! Six. Okay, six. I will say that out of the ten of them, six of them are clustered close enough together to where you'd be able to blast it and get them to explode. I will say the other four are not. The other four are all a little bit like stragglers. Okay. Well, when it's finally my turn, I would love to use my bonus action to do that. <laughs> okay. Alright. I've also got a roll initiative for Lunith. Okay, Lunith is bouncing ahead of the group with an 8. So the skeletons are going to be going on initiative 18. I can't believe we left Cody. And we left Cody. The war pup. The war pup? He's he's not going to be very helpful right now. The skeletons on their turn are going to act. Basically, a lot of them are still kind of on their way out of the, the ground, but they help each other up. And I will say with all of those actions taken to help each other up and such, I will roll a d4 and see how many of them are actually able to act. That is a two. So only two of them are able to actually still have actions after helping pull each other out effectively. I'll say like the last two that come out of the ground are like pulled up by the other eight. And because of that, they are able to take actions. They uh, see you guys in their hollow uh, sunken eyes with no actual eyes inside of them. Their eye sockets kind of bore into you. And these two are going to start advancing with rickety, rickety steps. And it almost sounds like, well... 
Sounds like what it is. It's a clattering of bones with every step that they take. Um, but you guys feel a chill go up your collective spines as these uh, undead creatures that should be staying in the ground are not staying in the ground and are in fact about to attack you. So they are going to like reach for weapons that don't exist. And in their confusion, because there's no weapons that they can use, they look to the floor and start picking up rocks. Okay. And they are going to chuck the rocks at you guys. They're throwing their bones. No, rocks. Uh, no, no. Rocks from the ground. That is funnier. That is funnier, but I would say they're throwing rocks. Um, so there's only two of them, but these two are going to take attacks at... Uh, why don't you guys make luck checks? I'll say the lower two rolls get attacked. 16 for me. 11. I hope I have a modifier because I got a nat one. Oh, shit. Okay, well, one of them is definitely targeting Terra. I have two dice here. One is red, one is purple. I will say the red one is for Terra. The purple one is for Tucker. All right, so I rolled only a 12 for Tucker, which definitely doesn't hit. So this skeleton kind of reached. I'll grab, I'll say for, for, for uh, flavor text, he grabs, a, or it grabs a pebble and chucks it. And the pebble just kind of skitters at your feet and you kind of look at it confused. The other one, however, is a 16, and I do believe that that hits Terra. Oh, yes, it does. You get a rock posted at you for... Oh, it didn't roll that amazing. Uh, for two damage. Wow, it's just a flesh wound. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> well, it hit me in the titty. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, that is Terra's turn. You see that these ten have all kind of climbed out of the ground and are starting to head in your direction. The wind is swirling. The wind is howling a little bit. There's a weird sound kind of like emanating throughout the graveyard. Lunith is kind of still speaking in Celestial, which sounds like Latin to you. What would you like to do? If I bardically inspire Lunith, will she go faster and feel more comfortable? I will say this. She is making checks every round on her turn in initiative, and if you give her a bardic, she will do better. If she rolls like shit, this encounter is going to go sideways pretty fast. I'd like to give Lunith my bardic inspiration, and then simultaneously prep some throwing hammers for throwing. Okay. Well, we'll how would you like to inspire Lunith as you hear her just speaking like, ha, ha, la, like in the corner? Can I give her the monks, the clerics, the girls, the gays, and the they? All right. So, Tara, you still have an action, so that's only your bonus action. You still have your action and movement. You definitely have enough movement to get inside the gazebo if you'd like, and if you want to throw a throwing hammer, I'd probably recommend throwing it now as opposed to once you're inside the gazebo. I'd like to double fist throwing hammers and throw two at a time at the two nearest skeletons. You cannot throw two at a time. You can only throw one. I would like to throw one very hard at the nearest skeleton. Okay, are you going to do the dwarven uh, twisty twisty Thor spin, or are you just going to chuck it normal? Chuck it normal, I'm too uh, preoccupied by the bardic. I'll say you can chuck it at the one that just hit you with a rock. Yeah! Non-natural 20. That definitely hits, and here's a fun little fact. These skeletons, because they are made of rattly old bones, have vulnerability to a certain type of damage, that type of damage being bludgeoning, which just so happens to be the kind of damage that your throwing hammers inflicts. So instead of rolling, we'll we'll treat it like a crit. So instead of rolling 1d6 minus 1, we will say roll 2d6 minus 2. 
Five, three, six. Nice. So this one skeleton kind of had gotten out of the ground, grabbed a rock, and just chucked it, and it hit you in the side of the head. Or sorry, sorry, the side of the tit, as you had said. And you grab uh, your hammer and just instinctively kind of chuck it back after singing a little bit, a little bit of the ho 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 back at Lunath. And you hit it, and you hit it. I'll say in like the the hip area. It it kind of turns a little bit and swirls and almost looks like it's gonna fall down. However, it is still standing, although barely. So it's not doing great but it is still standing. I'll just back up a little bit and prepare another throwing hammer. Just reach for it. All right, that is now Luneth's turn and you gave her a bardic. I will say that if she rolls like ass, she's going to add her bardic. It is not a high DC for her to pass this. It is only a DC 10 religion check for her and her religion's uh, plus two. However, she does really, really bad. Some uh, bad shit's gonna happen, but she just needs to pass a certain number of religion checks. And after she does so, some good stuff's gonna happen. First check. It's natural two, um, plus two is four. So if I roll a six on a d6, she will pass this. Does somebody else want to roll? Oh, six. You're fuck. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, well, I mean, it looks that's like a nine really good. to me, but I know that that's not on this dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one pass so far. Um, you guys see that Lunith starts to kind of almost stagger a little bit as she's swaying. However, with this song that Tara has sung for her, she's able to kind of write herself up and properly do her religion check. You see, you kind of notice the, the winds dying down just the slightest bit. It seems like it's going to take her several successes to actually get this done. However, it goes well. With Lunith's turn done, Tucker, that is you. What would you like to do? I would like to use my short bow to try and shoot the dynamite in the midst of the six skeletons. Go ahead and shoot. You're trying to beat an AC 12. Okay. Okay, that's a Seven. Uh, short bows plus four. That's eleven. Ah, <laughs> that's brutal. Um, unfortunately, you notch it, and just as you're about to kind of shoot it, one of the skeletons kind of moves in a way that obscures your vision. You don't hit the skeleton, however, it hits the ground right next to the arrow, or next to the, the dynamite you've set up. Your, your nerves are kind of getting the better of you a little bit right now. That is your action done. Bonus action, I'd like to throw my dagger. Fair. <laughs> uh, so go ahead and throw your dagger. Okay, this time we got a 10. Daggers plus four, so 14. Okay, yeah, that hits the dynamite, causing it to light in the way that you have set it up previously. Uh, a single stick of dynamite does 3d6 damage. Um, I'm going to make dexterity thro saving throws for all six of them because they need to make DC 12 dex saving throws. Either way, they are taking double damage from this. So let me go ahead and roll that for them. They each have a dexterity of plus two. So if I roll a 10, that's a pass. That's a pass and a fail. Nat 20 in a, pa uh, in a fail, so that's two passes so far. And a nat 1 in a pass. So that's half of them that are able to pass. The nat 20 used it as a propellant and just skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and it, it, it rocket jumped. It rocket jumped. <laughs> it rocket jumps off of the, had, the dynamite had and another lands one behind on him. Tucker. And that one Jesus shoved Christ. into him and pushed oh, wait, him forward. Wait, no, no, no. No, no, no. The... the, the... <laughs> 
Easy. The nat one uh, skeleton is the one that's in front of the nat 20 skeleton and took all the damage. Okay, so that is half of them passing, half of them not passing. Honestly, with how much HP they have, there's still a chance of this just outright killing all of them, even the ones that passed. So this is going to be 6d6 of bludgeoning damage, halved for the ones that passed. Okay, so that is 19 damage. As Tucker notches an arrow and tries to shoot with the first one, it barely misses. However, he kind of quickly with his other hand grabs the dagger and just throws it desperately. It hits with pinpoint accuracy and lights the dynamite. The skeletons don't even really react to it. They don't have the intelligence to realize the danger that they're in. However, a moment later, a small explosion sets off, kind of shaking the ground a little bit and sending debris everywhere. When the smoke clears, you see that out of the six that were hit, half of them have been destroyed and are now inert. The other half, the other half don't look good either. But yeah, so that is your action and bonus action. You're able to take out quite a few of them. Um, you are slightly desecrating this uh, this graveyard, but um, <laughs> no offense, but the bodies are a little desecrated. All right, the oh, bodies yeah. are no longer where they lay. <laughs> they need to be put back into the ground. <laughs> At the explosion of some skeletons and the other ones getting hurt, Tucker is smirking to himself right now. He's feeling very prideful. Very good. This is kind of getting rid of that uh, awkwardness that he felt in shame from uh, being an asshole to Osley. Anyway, so that is your action in bonus section. You still have your movement. And because he's feeling cocky, He's going to go towards the skeletons. Oh, okay. So you start walking towards them. They are, I will say, at this point, they are 25 feet away. Can I draw my rapier? Yeah, you draw your rapier and start moving towards them. They are 25 feet away. Are you going towards the three that you just heard or the four other ones? Uh, the three I heard. Okay, so you start walking towards the remaining three that are still standing. You do notice all of them are a little bit uh, shaky with their steps, um, and you start walking towards them. How close would you like to get? Because you can go all the up to them if you'd like. You can get right up in the mix. I'll just go like 10 feet in front of them and then stand menacingly like a western movie, like like just waiting for them to come at me. Do-do-do! Yeah, do, high do, noon. Do, do. do, 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 do. <laughs> Alright. You, you pull out your rapier and you approach this group of skeletons. You are now... Okay, so you walk 15 feet towards them and you are now 10 feet away from them. You are basically at the edge of the little smoke ring that you've made on the ground at this point uh, of the dynamite, but that is the end of your turn. Davina, that is you. Time to power up. I engage my starry form and I begin oh, this shit. majestic transformation into a constellation of stars. Oh, fuck. Sailor um, <laughs> Moon style, absolutely. Watch out, people and are about to melt. Go, go, radiation! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> actually just mine. <laughs> um, I will aim at the skeleton that attacked Tara's titty. Yeah! Oh my god. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. The wind starts swirling around you as you, like a fucking uh, Power Ranger or fucking Sailor Moon character, put your hands out, you call out, and this energy tr transforms you, and you now have a fiery uh, head of hair, and you pull back your hand, notching in a, a spectral fucking radiant arrow, and aim at one of the skeletons. Go ahead and make your attack roll. I would like to aim at his Oh my fucking god. <laughs> 
I love you, Davina. Thanks. Chesticles. You're welcome. <laughs> Revenge. Uh, I got a four. <laughs> Unfortunately, you aim for the titty, and because these are skeletons and have ribs, um, you shoot a very, very like powerful arrow, but it kind of almost shrinks and concentrates as a reason uh, for that reason, and it passes through the ribs. You do shit, shit. You do shoot the skeleton in the titty. However, it does not have titties. Darn angels without skin suits. I'll get you next time. What the fuck? I will say, funnily enough, in this moment when you miss, you do, you do, as when you miss, you do feel a weird creeping wave of embarrassment inside of your head that does not feel like it's coming from you. First hand embarrassment is what that's called. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so that was your action and your move uh, and your bonus action. What would you like to do? I would like to enter the gazebo with my movement. Okay, cool. Um, you're only five feet away from it, so you're able to kind of push your way through the, the branches that Tucker set up. Um, it does impede you a little bit, but with how much movement you have you are in fact able to make it inside i will say with kind of the the protections that are inside of there you would have to kind of get on your tippy toes and shoot and then go back down to still have cover but that's definitely something you could do where you pop out shoot and then go back down so that is the end of your turn and now that is back up to the top of the initiative and we have a layer action. I think that's actually the first time we've had a layer action in this game, in this campaign thus far, but here's how it works. In certain encounters, the terrain itself or the setting itself will have some unfortunate things happening that may be beneficial or detrimental, normally detrimental to our players. In this case, Four more skeletons appear in various positions in the graveyard and start heading over to you guys. How many skeletons are there now? So now in total there are 11. That's more than when started. Mm. How many are near a dynamite? <laughs> I was actually just about to say I will roll again. So you have two more dynamites set up on the paths. I will roll only... Oh, they're all two spaced out actually for a dynamite to be able to hit multiple. I rolled a one. Oh. All right, but that is now the skeleton's turns. Um, the ones that just appeared are not going to be able to act until their next round. However, there are seven of them that are able to act. I will say two are going to each go after Davina and Terra. And then the other three... Although, wait, no, T uh, Davina's inside of the gazebo. Yes. Okay, in which case, four are going to go after... Terra and the three that Tucker walked up to are going to go after him. However, it's going to be a little bit different because the three that Tucker went up to are going to walk up to him, and instead of throwing rocks now, each of them is going to start punching at him. Won't they just shatter on my shell? So I'm going to roll 3d20s. As a reminder, they only have a plus two to hit, so this is probably not going to do much. 10, a 14, and a 21. I imagine the 21 hits. Uh, my AC is 17. So yes. And I rolled a maximum on the D4, so Tucker, as you are surrounded by these three skeletons, they all start just JoJo style trying to punch the shit out of you. You're able to avoid most of the damage, however, one of them gets a clean hit on your chin, on your totally reptilian chin, mm. um, and you take four damage. Now, the other four are going to go after Terra, led by the one that is uh, that was shot at and uh, had a hammer thrown at it. It seems like it has it out for dwarves. Maybe it was a racist towards dwarves in life, who knows? Um, but these four are all going to throw rocks <laughs> at Terra. You're kind of being stoned right now, which is really funny. Yeah. That's fair. I am also. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, that was two nines, a 10, and a 16. I think only the 16 hits. Uh, correct. All right. And that is an 
God, I rolled another four. Uh, that's another four damage as um, you start four rocks get hurled at you and one of them clocks you in, we'll say the other titty. And those skeletons also advance as well. Uh, they kind of congregate, you notice. They are trying to go on the paths and now those ones are going to be within striking distance this turn. So they are all now in melee range of you, Terra. I would like to yield my axe into these skeletons. Okay, um, so you're not using the throwing hammer now, you're using an axe? Correct, because that is what I can yield with the up close right now. Uh, so you holster your, your other hammer that you had prepped and ready, and you pull out the great axe, go ahead and swing on one of them. I'm assuming you're targeting the injured one. Yes, a 19, but hold on now, plus one. The warhammer one-handed is what I'm using right now? Why was I calling it an axe? Oh, because I'm a dwarf and I just assumed. Oh, you're, you're hitting them with the... Okay, cool. Go ahead and roll damage. Excellent. So I just... Just 1d8 then? 2d8s minus 2. 7, 2. So 7. Oh, uh, you do 7 damage to the skeleton. That was exactly how much health it had. Uh, finish it. I am going to use my one-handed warhammer to uh, hit it in the titty and break its ribcage. You break it from the chesticles and uh, the two halves that you break it in half are rendered inert as they hit the ground. I would like to take the skull and use my war hammer to smash the skull in addition. You smack the skull, it shatters. Does it shatter into one of those cool pieces I can wear as a hat? Uh, maybe maybe at some other time you could inspect to see. Um, however, not in the heat of combat, just unfortunately. Just the cranium? <laughs> You're gonna wear the cranium like a yarmulke. Yeah, yeah, sure, you can definitely put on the fucking cranium. That's what I want to inspire me. I'll, I'll say, you know, I, I thought you meant, I thought- fear to the hearts of other skeletons. Sure, so you <laughs> strike fear, right? So you grab the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll say, I thought you meant something more complicated. Yeah, you, you fucking smack the, the skull and you turn it into a little skull cap. Yeah. It's a yarmulke. It's not a yarmulke, please. <laughs> that is your action, Taro. Is there anything else you would like to do on your turn? I'm gonna back up, that's all. Um, so I'm going to flip a coin, I will say, it's a Korean one. We'll say uh, the the bird side is heads. <clears throat> the 500 side is tails. That is tails. Not sure. Um, so that is tails. So that is unfortunately a two. Um, as you guys hear the, the, the ominous winds pick up, you guys feel a weird kind of sensation of of the edges of your vision getting darker somehow and the shadows for a moment feel longer and you even notice some of the lights the torches that have been set up start to dim as two shadows pull themselves out of the ground off of the floor and these blobs of darkness start to float towards you guys ominously. Sorry, did she did she fail a saving throw or the? Yeah, she failed the religion Fuck. check. So there are now two shadows, is what they're called. There's two shadows on the field. Okay. It is my turn, is it not? Uh, yes, it is your- or actually, no, it's the skeleton's turns first. Give me a sec. I also need to roll initiative for the shadows. No! But yeah, these things are bad news. I also got pretty well for them on initiative, unfortunately. They will be going on initiative six, uh, 17. Wow. So, uh, we seem fucked. I would like to give a special bardic. A special bardic. Alright, well first it is the skeleton's turns. There is- th there are three skeletons around Terra. 
Uh, so we'll deal with those first. Um, they're going to walk up to you and start punching at you. That is a 6, an 8, and a 17. I imagine the 17 hits. It does. That is another 4 damage. I'm rolling really high on these uh, D4s. Um, so that is those out of the way. The other 4 are going to... Their path to the gazebo is unimpeded. It is only impeded by the bushes that have been placed there. So they're just going to walk up and start hucking rocks at Davina. Davina, you do have cover right now. So while you are in the gazebo and you have partial cover, your AC is increased by two. Oh, okay. I'll take it. So these four skeletons are going to try to huck rocks at the bright, shining, glowing thing. Um, and those are pretty fucking high rolls, I apologize. That is a 4, of an 18, a 21, and a 15. Ooh, uh, my armor class is 15, so is that 1 or 2 that hit me? Or sorry, 2, 2 or 3? So that is 3 that hit you then. Out of 4? Uh-huh. Oh. You take 11 damage as you get pouted with rocks. What the fuck? Oh, I did not sign up for this stoning. Aerial fire. Yeah, I've been rolling really, really high on these uh, these spawns, which is really bad. Again, I've been... Yeah, thanks a lot, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, guys. I'm having, a, I'm having a pretty good day, honestly. All right, that is now the Shadow's turns. There's two of those fuckers. Uh, the skeleton in front of me. Oh, thank you. Uh, the skeleton in front of you almost forgets to swing at you, and then you kind of tap in. It's like, ah, right. <laughs> Because uh, that's obviously how skeletons act. Um, and it goes for a vicious uppercut. That is only a seven. It does not get past your guard. Uh. Um, that is now the shadow's turns. They spawned in 50 feet away. However, they have 40 feet of movement. They move the 40 feet. And then because of the fact that they have an ability called amorphous, which means they can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide, they do not get stopped by the barriers and instead just squeeze past them. And they are now completely inside of the gazebo about to, or they are surrounding Lunath. And Lunath, you guys see, looks a little horrified. Ah, uh, guys, guys, oh. guys, guys. Ah. Uh-huh. But that was their action, so they can't do anything else on this turn. They are just now surrounding her. That is now Terra's turn. Terra is going to cast Hideous Laughter in addition to giving Lunath this special bardic. Okay, so you give Lunath the bardic. Uh, do you join in again for the uh, the Latin chanting? Even better. I'm gonna give her some real intense chanting. Hmm? So you are gonna cast it on one of them. Um, they need to make a intelligence saving throw, I believe? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. It's a wisdom saving throw, but a creature with an intelligence of four or less isn't affected. Oh, no. Okay, well, luckily for you, they actually do have more than four intelligence. Okay, uh, it is going to make a wisdom saving throw then. It has a plus zero, so it needs to beat a 13. Yeah, it needs to beat a 13 to pass this. I'm so truly sorry. That is a 19. The spell does not take effect. Uh, All right, cool. That is the end of... Or No, that's only your action and uh, bonus action. Would you like to use your movement to get into the gazebo? Yes, and I would like to tackle Luna. Uh, can't do that with your action. You can get to her just barely because of your movement being um, slowed down by the barricade. I'll get to her. I will say if you run, you're going to take three uh, attacks of opportunity. I just got to run. So the three here tried to take swings at you. Rolled worse on that. That's a 10, a 9, and a 16. So 16 hits, Nothing I imagine. Hit. Oh, the 16, yes, hits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That is another three points of damage as you get punched. 
in i'm assuming another titty i, I don't know a third titty um but you are able to make your way you have to kind of squeeze through the barrier but you're able to make it into the actual gazebo and you see a horrifying sight of Lunith trying her hardest to concentrate on this ritual with these shadows kind of starting to take a more humanoid shape and trying to pull her down. You get the sense that these are very, very bad news. Okay, yeah, I use my movement to get to her, but I, I can do nothing else at this time. Okay, it is Lunith's turn. Davina and Tara are both in the gazebo with her, and she has faith in your guys' abilities. She's not going to defend herself. She's going to focus on casting the ritual. All right, we're looking for eight or higher. I've rolled shit on these so far. 19, okay. Uh, passes immediately, don't even need to roll for it. I uh, don't even need to add the bardic, but she still keeps it, obviously. She can use it for like another low roll. That is a pass, which is good. You guys notice the winds start to calm down a little bit. Um, that is now Tucker's turn. There were three skeletons where Tara just ran from, right? Correct. Can I use uh, fast hands to light a stick of dynamite and throw it at those three? Absolutely. Uh, that would take your bonus action and action, though. Yes. Is, it, is there a chance that I miss? Because of the fact that it has a radius on the explosion, I'm going to say no. Basically, we'll just factor that into them rolling deck saving throws. If they roll high, then you okay. threw like shit. Okay, I will roll for them. You can go ahead and start rolling those 66. Okay, Whoa! they did all pass. I rolled a te- natural 10, 12, and 17, which turns into a 12, 14, and 19. However, they still might fail. 28. Ooh. Ah, wow. Even the ones that pass actually die from this. So all of them are turned into smoking piles of bones on the floor as they are now inanimate. And now on the field, just for record keeping, there are six... No, sorry, there's only five skeletons left, um, with one still squaring up against Tucker, who ignored it and tossed his stick of dynamite. And there's two shadows that are in the gazebo. The other four are already hucking stones at the people inside the gazebo. Meanwhile, there's just one on the outside. I would like to move into the gazebo. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you definitely have enough movement to get over there, I'll say. Although you just have entered the gazebo after getting past the barricade. This one is going to take a opportunity attack on you. Though? Yes, but he will fail as he always does. He does. That is well. This is the one that got you earlier, so he doesn't always fail. But that was only a thirteen, uh, so that will fail. <laughs> um, it tries to hit you, however, it just hits shell, and you make your way into the gazebo. That is the end of your turn. You also now see the slightly horrifying uh, scene of shadowy visages trying to drag down your resident cleric. Um, however, you cannot act yet. Can I, is it possible to get in between the shadow creatures and her? I will say, uh, Michelle, there is a way to get between them. Um, you will be all <laughs> up in Luneth's space. However, you could just kind of basically like almost like reach around and be like, excuse me, and then like blast both of the things. I'm just gonna scooch in here really quickly. And then I'm gonna cast Thunder Wave and kind of blast those two shadow creatures just point blank with a wave of thunder. They need to make con saving throws. If it is constitution, they have a plus one. If it's dex, they have a plus two. So that is a natural 19 already, so that probably passes, okay. and that is a four. 
so that definitely fails. So for one of them, you're going to be able to blast it no matter what with maximum damage. The other one, you're it's going to take half in terms of four, or well, on my side, it's still only two. So roll 2d8, and then one of them is going to take the full of this, the other is going to take half. The one that takes full is also going to be pushed back. That is a four and a six. So 10 damage in total. So unfortunately, they do have resistance to thunder damage. Uh, okay. So the one that passed is only going to take five, and the one that failed is only going to take two. Okay. But the one that took uh, five is going to be pushed back and is now prone. Wait, is it prone? It is not prone, it's just pushed back. But yeah, so you you kind of like slide in between, I'll say between Lunette's legs, because she is taller than you, and kind of just like sitting on the ground, just kind of just gonna squeeze it. And then uh, hands out, you kind of blast, and it creates this loud, booming, thunderous noise that echoes throughout the graveyard. Anyone is outside, it definitely sounds like there's a fucking storm going on in here. One of the shadows is pushed back 10 feet before kind of regaining its, its weird tenderliness and it's gonna start coming back over however the other one is unfazed okay and then i am also gonna cast my ranged spell attack on the closest shadow creature to lunit okay go ahead and make your attack that's a 14 that hits um these do not have the greatest of ac go ahead and roll your damage and these ones have vulnerability to radiant damage, which is really good because you're doing a radiant attack right now, which means instead of rolling your 1d8, you can go ahead and roll 2d8s and then add your modifier twice. Okay. 4 plus 6, so 10. Uh, 10 does not kill this one, however, it definitely gets its fucking attention. You blast it with this beam of light from your hand, or actually no, you, you pull back uh, this, this spectral bow and shoot it, and this arrow lodges deep into the shadow, and you see where the arrow hits. The shadow kind of retreats a little bit, and it's almost like there's like a grayish kind of weird flesh underneath the shadow, and it hisses. <laughs> kind of noise and turns to you and you don't see eyes on the creature but you feel an animosity from it that makes you think you might have gotten its attention oh perfect so that is the top of the initiative order because of the fact that Lunath passed her religion check this time around we will not be rolling for more shadows which would be terrifying and instead we would just be rolling for skeletons and that time, that's only a two. So in the far distance, you guys see two more skeletal hands burst out of the ground, followed by another two skeletal hands, and those skeletons are now out and are going to be on their way in a little bit. Outside of the gazebo, there are seven skeletons in total. So those two that just crawled out are going to take their entire action just getting out of the ground and starting to head their way over. They're way too far away right now. However, the other five skeletons are going to go over and Michelle is or Davina is in a hard place to hit. She's also at the center of the gazebo, and it's the same situation for Lunith. They're going to the five of them are going to target Tucker and Terra. I'll say three go after Tucker because he's a bigger target, and two go after Terra. Yeah, that's a ten, a ten, and a. S- 11. Uh, so yeah, none of those hit. Two more are going to throw at... <laughs> Two of them are now going to throw at Terra. And that is a 12 and a 9. Uh, you guys can hear almost like the sounds of rain, a bunch of rocks hitting the fence, um, but none of them are able to get through. Oh, good! So that was the skeleton's turn. Now is the shadow's turns. Davina is scary. 
to these creatures. They don't like her, so they're going to both attack her specifically. They're going to both like kind of slink towards her, and they're going to make attacks on you. You see, they kind of try to like shoot out a tendril and kind of suck your energy. I will roll for both of them at the same time. I will say this now: they have a plus four to hit, and you do not have partial cover from them, obviously, because you guys are all in the gazebo together. So they have a plus four to hit. If they hit, it's real bad. That is an 8 and a 17. That is 8 damage. Not too bad. And the worst effect is uh, your strength score gets reduced. What? Does that even affect you? No. <laughs> it reduces your strength score by two, and so you feel your 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 kind of already lacking muscles, but you you feel your muscles kind of shrivel a little bit. And the problem with this is is if it gets your strength score to zero, you die. So you feel yourself start to kind of wither a little bit. Still have a little bit of insurance, but if both of these get a good hit on you, you might just fully die immediately, which is a little bit scary. Tara, that is your turn. You just saw one of these shadowy creatures suck some life from your friend. Yeah, I'm gonna have to fix that. I would like to cast Cure Wounds. Okay. Uh, who would you like to cast it on? I'm gonna cast it on Davina. Tara, you you coat your hands with this healing energy and run up and heal your friend. Go ahead and roll the dice for that. 13. Cool. You heal Davina for 13 HP. Yeah, blessed be. Blessed <laughs> be, friends. <laughs> I'm brought- You have to, like, kind of pat her on the head because she is on the floor. You know, every time I use Healing Word, I'm going to sing Knock, Knock, Knocking on Heaven's Door. And I'm going to say, Oh my god. Knocking on Heaven's Door. You know what's funny is that the three... You you are kind of now also occupying Lunith's space because... Davina was like at Lunith's like hip basically on the floor. So you just also kind of slide in like, hey, excuse me. (laughs) All right, I am going to protect Lilith with my Lilith. I am going to protect Lunith with my body. Don't protect Lilith. Okay, cool. So you pat Davina on the head with healing energy, and then you stand in front of her. Now you guys are both between her and the shadows. That is the end of Terra's turn. That is now Lunith's turn. She is adequately protected, so she is going to go ahead and make another religion check. If she fails, she still has a bardic. So we're looking for an 8 or higher, which is shouldn't be as hard to fucking hit as it's been so far. Yeah, considering you're wrong. That is a natural 11. That turns into a 13. That is another pass. With three passes, you guys notice that the winds suddenly pick up to a swell, and she kind of yells over the whipping winds, It'll be coming soon! It'll be coming soon! (laughs) As she says this, you notice that all of the bones of the skeletons that are outside of the gazebo all fold in and collapse onto the floor inanimate. All of the skeletons instantly drop. These two shadows are still alive. Lunith turns to you guys. She still looks kind of exhausted from dealing or from being attacked by the shadows. However, she turns to you guys. It should be coming soon. We we need to get ready. We need to clear these out and get ready. We're trying. You say that like it's easy. What do you mean get ready? Like get out of the gazebo? 
Maybe? I, I don't know. Uh, it, these things are gonna stay here, though. Do you guys want to leave the gazebo or stay inside the gazebo? Either way, she is going to move away from the center box where the cursed urn is and also where Tucker planted the dynamite. She recognizes that she probably shouldn't be next to that. So because of the fact that uh, Davina and Tara are essentially body blocking the shadows, she kind of slips back and kind of hugs the outside of the uh, the outside of the area of the gazebo. Um, she's still in the gazebo, but she's now like pressed against the back. And you see, you guys see that she is now kind of preparing for battle as opposed to before when she was just Doing ritual. Best of both worlds. Never mind. I like that plan. Okay. So that is now Tucker's turn. Tucker has his rapier and his dagger out. Tucker uh, sees that there are two shadows, one of them more harmed than the other. He'd like to stab the more harmed one with his rapier. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack roll. You will have sneak attack on this if it hits because you are now fighting with allies. Uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> 10 total. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, um, yeah, that's uh, no, please. Can you bless us? Have we done oh, wait. something wrong? Eyes of the dice god, we've been rolling wait. like. Can oh, I wait. use inspiration? You have an inspiration point. Yeah, you can use your inspiration point. Okay, re roll. Oh, fuck. 19 plus 4 is a lot, but it's not a natural 20. So it's not a crit. 23 is definitely going to hit. Uh, go ahead and roll your D8 for rapier, add your modifier from dex, and then roll an additional 2D6. So that's 14 total. So they do have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. However, this thing had less than that HP, so finish it. I would like to quickly slash back and forth over and over like I'm trying to clear a cloud away with a fly swatter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you you kind of like, you kind of poke it, you slash it once, it like halves and then the the, the smaller half dissipates, you slash it again, you kind of like chop it up and at the very last moment you see like a little tendrily like shadowy hand reaching up at you and then you slash it. Yeah, I'm just kind of like quickly wiggling my rapier in its cloud. Okay, so that is your action. You still have a bonus action. Bonus action. Uh, I would like to use my dagger on the remaining cloud. Sorry, shadow. That is an 18 to hit. Sorry, 18 plus 4 is 22. That definitely hits. Roll your d4 plus, I believe, 2 or maybe 3. That was a 1, but I'm going to use piercer to re-roll that. Good idea. That's a 4. Six total. Uh, and then have to three, so it takes three damage. This shadow is still doing a little bit better, however, it is also quite injured. Uh, uh, Tucker, you now, um, at the end of your turn, you still have movement, however, you are within attacking range of the shadow. It is going to get an opportunity attack if you move away. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'd like to move next to Lunith. You back up next to Lunith, the shadow is going to take an attack on you. Particularly like between Lunith and the center so that I'm like kind of blocking her from the middle. Okay. It only got a 12 to hit, so it actually misses. It tries to lunge out a uh, necrotic tendril at you. However, you kind of just move out of the way and you go stand next to Lunith. Lunith kind of nods to you. You see she, her, her forehead is beaded in sweat. Ugh. Good, good job with that one, huh? Really, really good job. Okay, okay. Are you doing all right? Are you injured or anything? Do you need like a heal? 
Nah, I'm good. She is fumbling through her bags and she is kind of muttering under her breath. And from what you hear, she is trying to recall what kind of spectral creature might be coming to see if you guys can do any other preparations. Um, So on her turn, she's going to make a check for that. However, it is not her turn. Davina, that is you. There is one enemy remaining. You are feeling healthy. It is just this last shadow and it is already injured. I'm going to cast Moonbeam on that bitch. Okay. (laughs) Is this like a nuke? Kind of. (laughs) Are you just kind of like doing one of those space lasers on it? Oh no, yeah. It, no, it actually is. Like, this feels like <laughs> Not gonna lie, this feels like a little <laughs> bit of overkill, but okay. It's literally gonna be a divine smite, but technically not a divine smite. <laughs> so I will say that the gazebo is like it has an open like air like area above for the moonbeam to come through and it is nighttime. It's gonna look like this shadow is gonna be beamed up into the sky by aliens. Yeah. Beam me up shadows. So that is gonna be a constitution save. Okay. Uh, fails. That's a natural four. Turns into a five. Two d ten radiant damage. Oh, actually, with the thing, it's gonna be four d ten. Yeah, because it has weakness Woo! to it. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think there's a way it lives this. But go ahead and roll. I will say if you roll all ones, it'll live. Yeah, there is. Okay, so that is fifteen damage. Yeah, you, you, you absolutely kill it. You absolutely fucking kill it. Finish this last shadow. Vaporize it. Yeah, I almost like I call to the heavens, and a giant silvery beam of light yeah. shines down in all of its glory, and you can just see the shadowy figure start to almost like burn, and like wisps of its shadowy figure start to kind of just like simmer away. And as the light grows in intensity, it's just viscerated. God. It like and his hisses. light shined on the. <laughs> it fully like hisses in pain. It's like <laughs> as it like dissolves. It literally it looks like you're like pouring salt on a snail. It just fully like <laughs> like burns uh, away to a crisp. Oh, I'm imagining like boiling. It does boil a little bit. Yeah, we'll say it boils and pops. But yeah, with that. You guys are still in initiative order. The ritual is close to completion. However, the shadows have been dispatched. I will say this, Davina. You can willingly drop it if you want. However, technically, the moonbeam spell lasts a full minute. Yeah, I'm keeping it up for sure. Okay, cool. So you keep it around. So that is the end of Davina's turn. Davina, do you want to move anywhere? Should I leave now? I think think staying in the gazebo for the partial cover but away from the dynamite is good. I just got yeah. out my short bow so that I can shoot it if something appears. Okay, I will do that. Okay, cool. So you move, uh, do you move to where you're next to Lunith and Tucker or do you move to another part of the gazebo? I'm gonna move with to, to Lunith and Tucker. Okay, cool. So that is the end of your turn. The moonbeam is still active. At the top of the initiative order, Terra, that is your turn. Um, you see Lunith is kind of quickly going through her bags and muttering to herself. Um, you are still in range of the dynamite. However, it looks like, at least for the moment, you guys have a moment of reprieve. I am also going to cast Cure Wounds on myself. First or second level? First level. Okay. Go ahead and roll that D8 plus 3. Ooh! 11! Ooh, okay. So you hear yourself for 11 HP. Doing much, much better now. Yeah, so that is your action. Do you want to do anything else on your turn? You still have a bonus action and movement. I just want to check on Tucker. Okay. How's he doing? Cool. I'm doing good. Okay. Looks like we're all doing good. I am going to wipe the blood and or bone 
off of my weapons and just prepare mentally and emotionally. Okay. Um, would you like to move away from the dynamite? I would also like to move away from the dynamite, yes. Uh, with the group or separately? Separately. I would like to cover the area with which the group is not covering. Okay. Do you want to give somebody a bardic? You still have a bardic inspiration. You have a bonus action if you'd like. I'll give it to Davina. That's fair. She is still in her starry form. All right. So that was the end of Terra's turn. Uh, you guys are now, so three on one side, one on the other. That is now Luneth's turn. Luneth is going to make a history check to see if she is able to figure out exactly what will be approaching you guys soon. Or rather, what you guys can use to help yourselves. That is a natural 15 plus 2 is 17. She kind of, while she's like rummaging through, she kind of quickly snaps up. Guys, guys, I, I know what's coming. Well, pray tell. What is it? it it's it's going to be a, 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 a banshee. And banshees, banshees, oh God, oh goodness, remember, remember. If we use mirrors, you'll be able to, we'll be able to stop the, um, the, the, the spectral fit. Quickly, here. Um, she pulls out from her bag, and you, again, notice that she had a lot of bags, presumably for whatever kind of creature would be approaching, and she pulls out tiny, like, pocket mirrors, hand mirrors, and quickly gives them to Tucker behind her, Davina behind or Tucker in front of her, Davina next to her, and then rushes over with half her movement and shoves a hand mirror into your hands, Tara, before rushing back to behind Tucker. Just, just when it, when it, when she, when she, when she looks at you, hold it up, and it, uh, she's not gonna be able to. Uh, I, I don't have time to explain this right now, but just when she, when she looks at you, hold it up, okay? It'll protect you. And she is going to pull out a shield and a mace from her side and kind of just hold them up. Like she, you can tell pretty easily she doesn't have much experience with these. However, she is ready to at least like act. Hmm. That is now Tucker's turn. I'd like to run to the middle take one of the two dynamites back and then run back to where I was. Yeah, sure. You can do that. I'll say that's a bonus action uh, item interaction and then you can yeah, so you do that. So you just leave one? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. You still have your action. Would you like to prepare an action to shoot the thing once you see an enemy appear? Yes, I would. Um, yeah, you notch an arrow and kind of pull it all the way back so it's very taut and you are ready to shoot as soon as an enemy appears. Specifically, I'm ready to shoot at the dynamite in the middle. Okay, that is the end of Tucker's turn. Davina, at the beginning of your turn, you start to feel a weird creeping sensation it occurs to you that something might be coming close, but hasn't quite tripped the alarm spell yet, but is coming close. So whatever it is, is coming very, very soon. I would like to use my bonus action to cast Shillelagh. Okay. Then I would like to also prepare a reaction to attack anything. Okay, sure. You could also prepare a reaction to Guiding Bolt. Yeah, that's what I would so as you feel this creeping sensation, you you kind of shillelagh your staff, your your um your staff that you had gotten from Nowster, and you also kind of with your other hand, even though it's holding the shield, you start to charge this concentrated ball of holy energy into your hand, um, ready to shoot it once you see an enemy appear. And at the beginning of the next round, you guys hear a screeching sound cut through the night. As a scream echoes through the graveyard, horrifyingly shrill. As you guys are standing here ready to attack whatever appears, I need each of you guys to make con saving throws. Uh oh, no! Uh, the mirror. Oh, natural 20! Oh. Nat 1! Oh no! Uh, 
Where where do my modifiers? Wait 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 wait, Tara, don't you still have an inspiration point? Yeah, I do. I like to reroll. This is incredibly important that you roll well on this one. Uh, John. I like to reroll. Please. I got I got a six. Oh no. Oh no. That sounds like a one. It's a three. Oh fuck. Um, what's your? Oh no, you don't have a bardic even because you can't give it to yourself. Um, okay. So, Lunith also needs to beat this check, and I rolled a natural six, and she has a plus three to con, so she has a nine. A bardic inspiration, if high enough, will keep her from failing this check, but she needs a four, five, or six, so that's a coin flip. Does anyone want to roll for it? I can't roll, clearly. So let's start there. Bat leaves. Michelle or Eric. I'll I'll take like the I'm... hit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, she like she needs a four, five, or six to to not fail this. There's a fifty-fifty chance. That's a one. Okay. Okay. So. I love this campaign. I just wanted to say I really appreciated all the hard work. That everyone <laughs> put in. So. It was fun. Oh fuck. Uh. So here's what happens. You guys hear the screech, echo through the graveyard and. Suddenly, you feel a horrifying grip on your heart. Lunith, Terra, and Tucker all drop to zero HP. <gasps> what? Oh. You are still alive. However, you are at zero, which means on your guys' turns, you're going to need to start making death-saving throws. Is this some kind of ability that, like, that, like, no matter how much HP you have? Yep, yep. This is a once-a-day ability where... If you fail, you go to zero HP. The 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 saving DC was a thirteen. As as the only conscious member of this party, I am shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, I oh will say God. this. I will say this. I will say this. Unfortunately, had you given I also, it to me, I might have lived. The thing oh. is, too, is oh, wait, that. No. This still does damage even if you pass. So I need to roll the damage. You were healed, weren't you? With like a level 2 cure wounds? Yeah. It was, thank god, low rolls on all of them. Because that could have been much more. It's only 6 damage to you. Okay. Only. He said only. Yeah, that was 3d6s and I rolled a 1, a 4, and a 1. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Ah, that's D and D, y'all. How much HP you got? Thirteen. God damn, that bitch just wiped out like a hundred HP from our party with one ability. Yeah. Here's what I will say: the banshee appears, and immediately after screaming, she has this smoke. You guys see this this like ancient humanoid woman wearing these silken robes she's very very flowy has long unkempt hair and kind of like deep eye bags but her face had extended this strange amount almost like uh, in parasite the anime to like produce this scream where you could see like rows of teeth and tongues and everything that it's not supposed to be there but it had kind of formed back into a normal one as soon as she approached um, and entered the gazebo. And again, the alarm is now going off that Michelle had, or that Davina had casted earlier. However, obviously you guys see her. But as she is entering, she accidentally gets into the moonbeam and immediately starts oh, yes. screaming in pain. Just, ah! 
There's this horrifying, unreal scream. Uh, you can go ahead and roll damage for that to start. She thought it was a spotlight. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. You know what's bad? When the DM says that the monster just walks into damage. Well, uh, she's coming in through the moonlight, us. dude. Oh, I got an eight. Okay, so first and foremost, uh, she does need to make a saving throw, though, right? What is it, con? Yes. Okay. That is a 16, naturally. Uh, she doesn't have anything for con modifier, but that already passes. But she does take half, so four damage. And as an added benefit, you had a prepared reaction to shoot Guiding Bolt. You may now do that. No. So 12 hits. You uh, you see your allies dropping next to you, and you're like kind of horrified. But as she screams, it brings you back to kind of awareness, and you just quickly thrust out your hand and shoot this bolt. It slams into her, and it, it interacts in a strange way to where, even though you can see through her, it kind of makes her reel back a little bit. Um, and you see her, her body kind of shifts briefly as, uh, as additional limbs kind of almost like shut her out before she keeps it back in with like a strange precision and swiftness to her just oh, and kind of narrows her eyes at you. Uh, so you said that was 16 damage? Yeah. Okay. And here's the other thing. She is now going to try to use her action because it is technically her turn. She's going to try to use her horrifying visage ability. However... Someone was given a mirror, and I'm assuming you were holding that mirror up. Um, so she, you see, she tries to kind of like gaze into you. However, you just pick up the mirror, and she just like looks confused and shocked. You feel the mirror crack, and then her face just morphs into this confused expression. She is not going to be acting for a turn. Oh, okay. Okay, and now I will finally roll initiative for her and then she will be stunned for a round either way. Um, attacks on her won't have advantage or anything like that. She is not stunned in the traditional sense. She is more so just, like, occupied. But I did roll fucking good for her on, uh, on her initiative as well. Jesus. Okay, yeah. You're, so, like, sad that this is hard. <laughs> unconscious, 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 still up. So, Davina, that is your turn. Don't we have to do our death saves? I was going to- actually, no, no, that's fair, that's fair. As a reminder for anyone that is confused as to why Tucker wants to die, uh, he has a statistically amazing track record when it comes to death saving throws in stupid situations, so he wants to test luck. <laughs> um, first we'll have Tara, so just go ahead and roll a d20. I have failed. Okay, so that is one death saving fail for Tara. I will now roll for Lunith. Holy shit really bad. Uh, I actually wrote a nat 1 for her. Yeah, so she has two death saving <gasps> fails. You guys see the energy around her starts to fade in a very strange way. Tucker, that is your turn. Go ahead and roll your death saving throw. Four. Holy so shit. Okay, fail. that I've marked it is... down. So that, god, that was fails all around. Okay, so Tara's one death saving fell down. Tucker's another death saving fell down. Lunath is two death saving fells down. If Tara rolls a nat one, if Tucker rolls a nat one, if Lunath rolls below a ten, the person dies instantly, and there's no no bringing them back. Okay, guys, I, I will come to the rescue. <laughs> Davina, <Team>. everything's okay. <laughs> it is your turn. Okay. Move the moonbeam with my action onto her so she takes damage, and then I'm gonna cast a bonus action for healing spirit so it takes, it uh, eliminates my concentration on the moonbeam and replaces it with the healing spirit. An intangible spirit will appear in a space that is a five foot cube until the spell ends. Any creature that moves into the spirit space or it's within there 
you can cause the spirit to resort re restore 1d6 hit points to that creature so in my vicinity that's going to be lunith eric and myself so it's worth noting you can only use it for uh you can only get four uh charges out of it so one two three four d6s um how many are you going to give to lunith how many are you going to give to tucker because i will say that because technically it's the quote unquote first time they're in the space they are able to use it immediately so i'll do just three one each for those in my vicinity. Okay. Um, so there is no, you don't get to add your wisdom modifier to these, so it's just a flat d6 per person that's being healed. Um, so you're doing one for each person, so you one, uh, Lunath one, and Tucker one? Yes. Okay. Um, everyone roll your d6s, I guess, or your d6. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> maybe, maybe use that last charge. Oh, no, I already. Yeah, it's already, it's already out. Um, okay, so. Davina, you heal yourself for 4 HP, you heal um, Lunath for 2, and you heal Tucker for 1. Um, this time, the healing spirit appears as a, uh, we'll say, a tiny little fox just kind of sits there. You've realized that it's not it's not likely going to be Nouster again, um, but it just kind of sits there and just kind of like, for the people that it's healing, just kind of goes up and brushes its tail against them, and you feel a sense of healing. That was your action and bonus action. Would you like to use your movement, or is that the end of your turn? Yeah, I would like to stay in place. Yeah. Okay, That's cool. Definitely. So, that is now Banshee's turn. The Banshee did have to roll a con saving throw for that uh, moonbeam earlier. That's a natural 19. That passes. However, she still takes half. Go ahead and roll your 2d10s. She once again hisses as she burns. Six, which is cut in half. So she's she's not looking great. She's definitely taken a fair amount of damage at this point. However, she is still alive. Uh, briefly, she she looks like she's about to like fly out of the, uh, the range of the moonbeam, but then you just dispel it. She notices you guys healing, notices your allies come back to consciousness, notices one of your allies is downed. However, also is pretty injured. You've been hurting the fuck out of her. She's gonna fly over to you. She has enough fly speed, she has 40 feet, she flies down to you quickly and extends a hand and tries to grab at your neck. Does a 15 hit? Yes. Okay. So this is also gonna be a fair amount of damage. Jesus! But I'm rolling like shit, so it's only 9 damage. Oh, okay. Okay. Are you alive? Yes. Thank God. <laughs> you briefly feel this cold, icy grip on your throat as she tries to choke you out, and she kind of leans close, and you can, it's weird, you can smell this putrid scent coming off of her, but you can't quite place where it is, and you see her, her, her eyes kind of rotate on her face and switch spots as she just, <sighs> oh, your breath stinks. You need a mint, girl. <laughs> Hi sounds confused. <laughs> that is now Tara's turn. Tara, go ahead and give us a death saving throw with the knowledge of the nat one kills your character. Uh, can I use your die? Yes. There's, <laughs> there's a chance that Tara dies right now. A 1 in 20. 5%. Just gotta not hit the 5%. The universe, I don't know how it feels about Tara, but I was pretty fond of her, so... I'm using Davina's die in hopes of having a better outcome because my die has been really mean to me. Bless it. I think this is the first time we've had this situation on podcast, huh? <laughs> what? Bitch! A two! <laughs> Bitch! Woo! <laughs> 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 you know uh. what? You know what? 
You know what, guys? You we take those her. because because uh, because now it's Luna Luna's turn. But Terra, you start to choke up blood, like a lot. Like you start to choke up blood that's not the right color. It's black. You start to choke up like this this otherworldly, deathly like blood. But uh, you guys notice this happening, and Luneth is just like, oh my goodness. And she is going to, on her turn, she can't go and heal you with contact because if she tries to run, the Banshee's going to get an attack of opportunity on her and she cannot take a hit. So instead, her only option is to unfortunately use Healing Word. She is going to upcast it at second level. So this is going to be 2d4 plus 3 because that is her modifier to Wisdom. So I'm going to roll that for you. But as you are slipping consciousness, Terra, someone else heals you um, and you feel this radiant energy filling you and kind of closing up your non-existent wounds actually oh i guess your wound your titty wounds from all the rocks but you start to feel life re-enter your body as you are healed for oh my god i'm so sorry oh my god i'm so sorry i rolled really bad on those you're only healed for six hp thank you <laughs> 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 the meat is like <laughs> it's avocado. Yeah. just kind of like extends her hand and is like, "Come back to life!" And you you feel energy entering your body. It's not as much as you would like, but you know you don't have to make death saving throws anymore. At least I was knock knock knocking. As her action, Lunith is going to take out a bottle of holy water and turn to Tucker and gesture to his uh, his arrows. And gesture, so she's basically preparing an action to throw the holy water so you can shoot it. So she is going to line up a shot for you, and conveniently enough, that's your turn now. You see she's kind of eyeing you. Um, if you make an attack with anything, honestly, she's going to throw... Or if you if you make an attack with, with a bow, she's going to throw up the holy water. And what that is going to do is it's going to make it so that you can attack the banshee truly, as opposed to some kind of resistance being in the way. I will pull out my... Or I already have my short bow out, and it's already... I guess I'll recock it since I died. <laughs> and I will attack the banshee with my short bow. Okay, cool. You try to attack the banshee with your short bow. Go ahead and roll a hit. Three. Plus four is seven. Ah, that's unfortunate. You try to shoot the banshee. Um... Wait, guys. The guiding bullet should offer an advantage on the next attack made. I totally forgot about that. Good call. Rolling again. Ten plus four is fourteen. That hits. Good uh, good on you for remembering that, Michelle. I totally forgot about that. Um, Yeah, that Ooh, hits. Yeah. Go ahead and roll your damage and then also Ooh. roll your sneak attack damage. Right, so that oh, will be wow. a 1d6, 2 piercing, and 2d6. Uh, 12 plus 2 is 14. Um, You snipe her in the air. You almost miss for a sec, but she still has a brand in the on boot. her from where she got slammed. God fucking damn it, sure. Um, you shoot her <laughs> right in the nipple. Right in the nips. <laughs> um, I just saw a comic talk about that, how she got shot and it came out of her nipple. God, Ooh. why? Um, you know, there was a woman during shoot... the Civil War that got pregnant because a bullet went through a man's testicles and then into her. Whoa, what? Sorry, go ahead. Just had Sorry, to give, put saying, that out into Luna the world. As I was saying, Luna throws, <laughs> God fucking damn it. As I was saying, Luna throws the holy water 
glass vial up in the air. You shoot it with pinpoint accuracy. It shatters the vial and the holy water coats the arrow tip as it flies through, almost creating like another layer. The Banshee kind of notices you arching and or shooting an arrow towards her and doesn't really react because of the fact that, you know, it's an arrow and she's a ghost. However, as it coats the holy, um, as it coats the holy water, it forms this kind of water arrow and shoots into her. She screams again, although not the really, really strong one from earlier. And she staggers a little bit and you guys get the feeling like she is very 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 low not low enough to be on death's door but she's definitely doing bad so she, but she's not like uh weak to radiant damage doesn't seem like it i would like to use my bonus action to uh stab her with my dagger go for it that is an unnatural 20 to hit Okay, that hits. I don't know if we rolled this correctly earlier, but for your offhanded attacks, you don't add your dex modifier. So it's only a d4. Three. Uh, So you stab into her. You feel like it doesn't really do as much as shooting her with the holy arrow had done. However, you are still able to kind of like remove a little bit of her wisps. She looks down offended at you. All right, uh, I believe that is the end of your turn. Yeah. And then I'd like to say, take that, bitch. You want um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, T- Tucker's voice really changed after going down. Shit, he's frightened. <laughs> oh, is that is that what he sounds like? Frightened? Okay, okay. All right. Um, so that sure. is now <laughs> that is now Davina's turn. Davina, you just heard Tucker say some weird shit, but you see more importantly, this banshee is definitely nearing destruction. I am going to use a bonus action to move the healing spirit to Terra for that 1d6 of healing. Ooh, a 5! Nice. And then I'm gonna cast another Guiding Bolt. Okay, go ahead and cast your Guiding Bolt. 9, but I'm gonna add a Bardic. Plus 3, so 12. That just barely hits. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. That's an 18. Oh, fuck. Adios, amiga. Divina. Yes. <laughs> go ahead and... Finish off the Banshee. Yeah, You always have the most gruesome finishers. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know why, but I didn't think that you'd be able to finish it with that. But yeah, it, it had 17 HP left. So I begin to muster this radiant, gleaming ball of energy into my hand. And it starts to glow almost too large for me. And I didn't seem to expect that at all. And suddenly it fucking propels blast straight into her and the force of that sheer power nearly knocks me off my feet smacks her straight through the chest leaving a fucking basketball sized hole there titties obliterated no titties (laughs) in this situation anymore I, I don't I don't know why today you guys are obsessed with tits. Like the three of you aren't even into women. You attacked her tits, <laughs> and we wait, we wait, showed up to wait. defend. You don't even realize, Kylie's the one that said it hit her in the tit. You guys are the ones that made this about tits. <laughs> Here's what happens. All right, Davina does her blastem nukem Iron Man shoot, and the banshee dissipates. There's a moment where the Banshee is just kind of like confused looking with this hole in her abdomen and tits apparently, but a moment passes and she kind of just shrivels up and pops. For the briefest of moments, you guys hear silence. 
and the ominous feelings that had been emanating throughout the graveyard fade. I'd like to wipe the shit from my ass. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. And in this moment, you guys see the cursed urn. God damn it. You guys see that the cursed urn that has stayed in the middle of the gazebo, it previously had this ominous aura about it as well, with shadows kind of clinging to it, but as you guys look, you guys see that it cleanses a little bit, and suddenly it just looks like a pristine, beautiful-looking piece of artwork. And as you guys are looking at it, kind of resting, breathing heavily, you guys see a tiny wisp start to form from it. But... Unlike before, you guys don't feel a sense of dread as a ghost appears from it. It looks very similar to the Banshee. However, she doesn't have the unsettling stillness to sudden, like, horrifying gaze that the Banshee had previously had. And instead, she just looks pristine. She kind of smiles to you guys. There's a strange warmness in her cheeks even that gives her a little bit more of a liveliness to her as opposed to the Banshee. And she floats down and kind of feigns like she's walking on the gazebo and bows her head slightly, uh, curtsies as well, as a matter of fact. You guys hear Luneth kind of quickly shuffle to her feet. She was still on the ground. Uh, She was still like, not on the ground, but she was still kind of in a uh, fighting stance and kind of like quickly bows as well, but deeper. But this ghost kind of smiles to you three, three, four. Thank you. Thank thank you all so much. I, I haven't, I haven't felt like myself for a very long time. Can I... Can I know your names? My name's Davina. Tucker. Tucker Shelby. I'm Sarah. You guys see Luneth also kind of steps forward and is like, Ah, oh, Lun- Luneth, it's a pleasure. Um, she Luneth kind of tries to recall who this is, because you guys do remember this graveyard's kind of filled with famous people that were part of the royal family, but this lady kind of just waves her hand as Luneth tries and fails to remember who it is. You may call me Theodosia Ashenbridge. That's who I was in life. And you guys would know, even Tara, as a matter of fact, without a history check from anyone, the Ashenbridge family is the royal family, as in the king and queen are king and queen Ashenbridge. Ashenbridge. So this is some kind of, like, ancestor of theirs... She might have not been queen. She might have just been like a lord or, or a lady of some kind or like one of the f- members of the family. However, she is like up there status-wise. I thank you for not destroying the urn. It was the last gift that was given to me by my cousin before I died. I expect Luneth to take it from here. <laughs> Funnily enough, Luneth kind of looked at you guys and then was like, kind of like, who's going to talk? Who's going to... Oh, shit, it's me. And Luneth just goes, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was our pleasure to, to help you, ma'am. Um, I, are you going to move to the afterlife now? Have we, have we relinquished your duties? I, I think I will. I think I will go. It's truly been so long since I've 
been awake? Did 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 we win? And Luneth just kind of looks to you guys and then back to her. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What did what 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 are you talking about? What did we win? The the war. Did we win the war? Which war? The war. The 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 war. All realms converging on one. All um, borders being the war. Ma'am. Ma'am. Uh, wait. Ma'am. History check. Do I know what the fuck she's talking about? When the realms converged, there was a lot of fighting. <laughs> so she's just old. Yeah, sorry, the war's over. I, I mean, well, if you don't know about a war, that means we... She kind of looks around. I suppose that means we did win. Wonderful. Um, before I go, I... I wanted to thank you all for for helping me i i was trapped that way for so long and it truly it was horrifying i um i have something stashed away here i had it ordered to be placed with me when i was still alive i was a little bit more vain and materialistic back then you have to understand but it's been so long now and i feel a strange sense of peace that I think I would be alright with the four of you having it. If if you want. You like gifts? I will take it. Over there, and she gestures with a hand, there's a crypt. Oh, it's not quite a crypt. It's it's a smaller building. Um I think you weren't able to go in it before because I I think I was I was guarding it. I, I don't really recall, but I do remember many faces of horror that were looking upon me. Um, but you can, if you go into that building, I, uh, into that room, I, I have some some things there that you may you may find useful in some way. I, I don't know if if the if Calowex still uses the same currency anymore, but if it does, you'll be able to use it. I would like to go into the room. I'm already there. <laughs> Tucker, do you really walk away from this conversation? I mean, she she told us to go over, so I was, I was I was following instructions. Yes. You're gonna you're gonna just walk away. She's still talking. Is she talking to us or not, Luna? She's talking to you guys. There's four of you. She doesn't know exactly who did everything. I guess if it feels socially rude to leave in the moment, he would. It feels incredibly <laughs> rude to just leave. Guess who would though? So, can I leave? <laughs> God Tara, it is it. your first time seeing like a ghost just talking casually, besides like Nowster. So Tara, you start walking in the direction that she pointed, uh, just walking away, and she just she just goes, oh, oh, oh. She's uh, just okay. really into following directions promptly. I, I see. All right. Well, I probably should have warned you that I did build traps or have traps built in. I was going to tell you how to avoid. She'll be fine. Those. She's nimble. <laughs> you do take one step inside of the crypt that she described and a rope trap closes around your ankle and lifts you to the ceiling I am now hanging upside down at the door we'll get it just goes before th- the blood rushes <laughs> we'll get her down of course well I I suppose that's um, it's time for me to go then isn't it 
I'm I'm nudging what's her name with my elbow, um, the priestess, <laughs> to say something right. nice. Luneth kind of was just uh, mouth jaw open uh, this entire time, just like whoa. But as she does this, and you guys see that uh, Theodosia Ashenbridge is kind of looking around, just like wistfully. Luneth kind of clears her throat. <clears throat> I I can do a quick um, ceremony for you before you go. Uh, you know, send you off, celebrate your life, and you've been stuck in this in this graveyard for oh my goodness, you've been stuck here since since the convergence of the realm. You've been here for so long. Don't you want to see what's what's after this? And you guys see that Theodosia kind of cheers up a little bit at this. I suppose the next thing, a different thing, sounds promising. I I would like that ceremony. Thank you. And you see Luneth starts doing the arduous task of putting together a, a, a ceremony to lay Theodosia Ashenbridge at rest. Um, she brings out incense, she brings out kind of candles and such, and starts to just kind of do this, almost like a, like a grieving memoir of sorts for her. And you see at the very end of it... Um, this does take a while, so Tara, Tara, Tara is definitely just like still screaming in the in the fucking crypt as she hangs upside down this entire time. But at the end of this process, it takes some time, and eventually, um, Luneth gives kind of like the final rites of sorts to Theodosia, and you guys see Theodosia starts to glow from the inside, this strange radiant energy, and it starts to kind of expand throughout her body during the ceremony. Until eventually she is swallowed in light, and Theodosia Ashenbridge is gone. Now I walk to the crypt. <laughs> but yeah, as that finishes, Luneth kind of just sighs. You guys see that Luneth did shed like a few tears about this um, ceremony. It was quite moving. She's a true angel now. She belongs where angels should be. Luneth kind of keeps on trucking, keeps on... The ceremony seems like it continues after the spirit has departed as well, but Luneth starts to kind of put away everything, and without even really turning to you guys, she just kind of says quietly, so technically, she's not allowed to give away stuff, but considering what we just went through, I... If I didn't see anything, I didn't see anything. Thank you, Luneth. Thank you, guys. For everything you did tonight. Uh, you guys did a lot more than I did. Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna have to hit the books when I get back, but just please don't take anything too valuable or like that'll be noticed that it's gone. I don't think anyone's gonna check that area that she had buried away though, so as long as it's just stuff from there, I think it'll be fine. Thank you, Lunith. We're gonna go check out the treasures now. You wanna come? <clears throat> nope, nope, nope. Uh, no treasures, remember? I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Huh, look, wow, this incense is taking oh, yeah. a long time for me to scoop up from the ground. And you guys see she is slowly scooping stuff, like, just so slowly. <laughs> wow, I think this will- Come on, Davina. I think this will take me maybe, like, even, like, ten minutes or, like, half an hour. Okay, bye. Let's go, Davina. Tara needs help. Okay, I start skipping to the, the, to the opening of the crypt. I would like to carefully enter, perceiving, perception check, whatever. Okay, yeah, so you guys are able to really easily notice all, like, the traps and stuff in this room. There's nothing, like, actually harmful is the funny thing. It's just a lot of, like, really annoying ones to catch invaders as opposed to anything else. And it's not even like there's an alarm or anything on anything. It's literally just, like, rope trap here, hidden pit into a, a hole with, like, not even, like, spikes or anything. It's just a pit at the bottom and stuff like that. 
you guys are very easily able to quickly traverse your way through. Do you guys let Terra down? I'm not yet. <laughs> uh, I'm trying my best, but I cannot reach. So I'm just jumping fruitlessly. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm assuming that Davina's got it and I'm searching. It is time Davina. for our favorite game on the podcast. Here are the things that you guys find after your I'll say 20 minutes of searching, all right? You don't need to make a perception check for any or anything for like uh like that for this. We have already rolled this off mic. However, the players do not know what their roles have given them. In your 15 minutes of searching, I will go let's go from like the least hype to the most hype items. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys find 500 copper. That's 50 wow. silver. That's five gold. 500 silver. Okay. 220 gold. Okay. Wait. Ooh, How much wait. is your debt? Way less than that. 40 platinum. You guys find an additional 13 gems. Sapphires, rubies, emeralds, a few diamonds. And lastly, you find two additional items that have been given their own pedestals. That is how important they are. One of them is some kind of miscellaneous potion. It is not a red potion. This is some kind of magical potion. Interesting. The liquid that is inside of the potion continuously moves and throbs like it's alive. It kind of shrinks and then grows back, and then shrinks and then grows back. Someone it's else like, can handle that. <laughs> And the last thing that you guys see is a singular scroll with some kind of arcane symbols and sigils drawn into it. And you guys immediately can recognize that this is some kind of spell scroll. And upon inspection, this is written in common. The spell that is contained in this is a fifth level spell called Reincarnation. We're keeping this. Oh, shit. We're not selling this. I mean, clearly, I almost died. And Lunath almost died. How are we going to split this money? Davina did most of the work. All right. I think Tucker did a decent work, amount of work with the, 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 the skeleton. I think I killed eight of them. I feel like I was just clutch at the very end. You were the only one to fight the boss. Yeah. yeah you, and I, you and I were the I only ones that did damage to the boss, but it was basically all you. On the flip side, if it weren't for Kylie giving me back that health, I wouldn't have been the one to do that. Excellent. Yay. Proceed, Jonathan. You guys want to divide it perfectly? Yeah. A very big change of pace. That's 225 gold per person. With the coins that we had on hand, because you're going to have to carry these, which are going to be heavy. You can also technically get them exchanged at the town... Uh, the city hall. The 500 copper, 500 silver, 220 gold, and 40 platinum splits evenly into one person receiving 500 copper, 220 gold, one person receiving 20 platinum, 250 silver, and another person receiving 20 platinum, 250 silver. I'll take the lowest denomination of coins because I don't know any better. Oh no, it's split evenly. Oh, lowest denomination. Oh, so the highest quantity, lowest denomination. Yes. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, that, that actually totally checks oh, out. 500 copper, 220 gold, and then the other two get the exact same thing. Yep. Eric will probably take the highest denomination and just be smug, but no. Yeah, that it's I want the, same the platinum and the silver. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I have already divided that up. I will add those to your guys' character sheets. So I'm assuming you guys are keeping the scroll as a group. Yeah. Who's holding on to it? Probably Davina. Probably me. I'll keep the scroll. 13 gems. How are you guys dividing those? This does not divide evenly by three. Alternatively, you guys could tip Lunith. Oh, oh that would be nice. Yeah, we could give her the extra one. We'll give it to Lunith. Okay. 
Yeah, because we get something out of giving her one. Then she'll be grateful and she'll like us. So you guys <laughs> grab all of your coin. You guys load up. You guys are actually now encumbered. Like, it's super heavy. So, like, this is not sustainable to, like, do combat and shit with this. However, you guys are obviously out of combat. So you guys pack up all your money very, very happily and start heading out. You guys see Lunith is, like, still kind of, like, pretending to clean up, but it's pretty much done. Sees you guys approach, kind of happily waves. So, uh, you guys finished uh, doing your stroll around the graveyard? Are you guys ready to head out? Absolutely. Listen, we found a bunch of cool stuff down there, and you helped out a lot, even though you and I were kind of passed out for the end of it. But that's okay. Because, <laughs> you know, people who are passed out still live. And then I'm going to hand her a gem. It's okay, because I'm strong. Uh, I, I really shouldn't. I, uh... You know, we I uh, I get a stipend Shh. from the. You deserve this. I will say, Tara, go ahead and give me a persuasion check with advantage. I am very persuasive. Yeah, you are. Wow, like super persuasive though. Twenty-one. Oh, you get advantage. So maybe be a high. Oh point. my god. Twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are very persuasive. Okay, um, you do this. You kind of, you you palm her the, the gem and she kind of looks at you and then sighs and makes a small smile before pocketing it. All right, well, uh, listen, if you're going to do that, then I have to tell you about something. Gosh, uh, while your friend is cleaning up. So I don't know how helpful this is to you guys, but before I became a woman of faith i had a profession that um put me in clothing of a different type um and well we don't need to really talk about that because you know it's uh, it's a long time ago but basically i used to be kind of somebody that was hired for <laughs> pleasure of a different type from those that That's what I liked to be told what to do That's if that makes sense <laughs> That's what happened. That's right. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. I, I know these codes. I had a client who, oh my goodness, I feel so embarrassed. I really shouldn't be talking about this anymore. But he is a lord. And well, he told me when I was leaving that if I ever wanted to get in contact with him, that his doors were open. And I don't think the two of you should be doing that kind of work, but, you know, it's always good to have a lord in your pocket. What is this fair lord name? I, I don't suppose you've heard of Lord Hartthorn before? <laughs> Me and Michelle were like, watch her tell us that Gorg is a new man. Watch her tell us that we don't know the real Gorg. But yeah, I, I don't know if you've heard of Lord Hartthorn before. Um, he's the lord that manages trade with the Depths. I've met Lady Hartthorn before, but not Lord Hartthorn. Ah, well, he's an interesting man. Um, but just if uh, if you ever need to use that connection for some reason, just um, consider it. Consider us even afterwards. All right. Actually, I had a question. When I met Lady Hartthorn, she um, she gave me something, and I a bracelet. No. Oh, yeah, um, Lord Hartthorn has a lot of weird tendencies and fetishes and stuff. That's one of his things. 
they it it tracks yes but it also has a command word that can be said that basically turns it into a full body binding he was oh, into God. some weird stuff do you remember what the command word was <laughs> yeah of course i do it's a it's a actually it's a um it's an infernal word uh the pronunciation is a little bit difficult but it's a uh, uh, um stalwart St- uh, i haven't said it for a long time i uh, don't need to talk about that now. I'm a changed person. Stawaha. Stawaha. There we go. That that would probably turn it on. Gotcha. Gotcha. Stawaha. I will remember that just in case I ever see another one of those <laughs> out and about. I appreciate it. How did you know that she gave me the bracelet? I didn't know that she gave you a bracelet. I just knew that he uses bracelets why didn't lady hartthorn give you a bracelet well she was concerned about what properties it may have so she was interested in seeing if i could figure out more about it unfortunately it was taken from me before i had the opportunity to ah i see well yeah i don't know why lady hartthorn should know what those do they they're an interesting couple she knew about the relation but she wasn't happy about it but she definitely knows what those do. Well, maybe she was concerned that her husband was doing something extra, something malicious. Possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. But anyways, it's getting late. I'm still exhausted. I need to go scrub. Um, I might honestly go to a spa tonight. Would you like to join me f- uh, to go back to the embassy? I think you still need to be paid. Yes. Yeah. All right, so you guys start heading back with her. I always kind of skip a lot of the pleasantries. You guys say goodbye to her. You guys receive your coin. Luckily for you guys, they actually had an, a three-way split, uh, splittable Ooh. bounty amount for this one. If you guys remember, it was 360 gold, which means each of you guys gets an additional 120. Wow. Woo! We rich, rich. With all of that, you guys are you guys leave um, the Renaissance Embassy still exhausted, sore all over, tired, spell spots spent, death having been encountered almost. But you guys are satisfied with a day of work. How would you guys like to end the day? As it is already nighttime. Buddy, <laughs> I want to go to the spa. I will say that you guys. It only costs like two silver, so I'll just take that out of how much coin you guys had already incubated and stuff. Can we go with Lunith? Lunith did not go leave the leave Renaissance with you guys. She's like debriefing essentially. Okay, never mind. Not ratting you guys out. But yeah, you guys finish up, and Tucker just heads straight home. Tara and Davina go hit up the spa, and you guys at the end of the night head home to get a nice long rest um you guys get all of your spell slots back and everything like that and that is where we will end the session anyways thoughts uh quick thoughts on the uh the episode i would like to get new dice before our next episode thanks (laughs) are yours really that Uh, bad yes apparently i rolled that's true you did almost completely die i rolled a nat one twice you did also get 20 Yo, though. when all of you guys failed, or almost all you guys failed the fucking Banshee Shriek, my stomach, like, dropped. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Because it was only a DC 13. Like, for yeah. three out of the four of you guys to fail that is, like, pretty bad. Well, fuck. doesn't yeah. it make sense for I at least half like of us to fail were... that? Because it's a 13? Bardics, Eric. Bardics. Oh. But, like, I could tell, like, you were in, like, emergency mode trying to just, like, do all you can so that it doesn't just be an ultimate, like, T-13. 
team wipe. But the Jesus funny thing Christ. is, like, you've been teasing us about a team wipe for all this time, and now you're like, oh, shit, it might actually be real. <laughs> that's not the way I wanted it to go out, though, because, like, the thing that's really funny to me is that if Davina had also failed, you guys actually would have just died. Yeah, like, all at that died, point, just died. At that point, you're all unconscious, the Banshee just attacks your motionless bodies until you're out of death-saving throws, and then she just, like, continues persisting and stuff. Like, it's just done. Like, there is no, like... In the case of, like, the worst misfortune would we kind of like puppeteer a new ending or like a new outcome to keep it going or would we all stick to the honor of like oh we're just dead no we'd stick to it you guys would just have to play new characters yeah but would the campaign be over and we'd start a new campaign no it'd be same world we'd probably do like a one shot or two while we like kind of made you guys new characters and stuff and got you guys into like their their mood and stuff like that but like maybe maybe tucker plays osley or or maybe eric plays like osley or something uh maybe somebody plays like tawny and stuff like that there, there's like a way to do it okay. but that would anyways suck. uh it would really suck tpks are fucking rough but there is an easy way around kind of that which is essentially you guys would play other characters until you found a way to bring the other characters back to life I see. It just might take some time. And then, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, now we're a bit safer because we got the reincarnation. It is worth noting with the reincarnation spell scroll, you have to change races. Ooh. Oh, I didn't know that. Which might be rough for some of you. I realize I've been downed a lot. This is the first time I was nervous. Good. As you should be. Uh, I like you nervous. Anyways, that is all she wrote. Um... <laughs> Great job today, everyone. Thank you guys for joining us at the After Hours Adventures podcast. I just realized we didn't even talk about this. We had kind of a mostly sober recording today. I mean, one of us is hungover. One of us is recovering. One of us was doing something that I cannot describe because I live in Korea right now. But anyways, with all that being said, I oh, I guess I have a water bottle to, to clink with. Um, remember to stay hydrated, everyone, especially Eric. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I, I think I like yours yeah. more. I'm going to use yours. <laughs> All right. But anyways, thank you and good night. It was nice recording with everyone.